Support for OPB comes from our members and from our sponsors, like Tracy Ray from the employment law firm of Baron Lehman. Tracy says that OPB sponsorship is a great way to support the community and connect with Baron Liebman's clients. This is Think Out Loud on OPB. I'm Dave Miller. We start today with the Portland Thorns. The three-time champions of the National Women's Soccer League have a new owner. Merritt Paulson has sold the team to Raj Sports. It's a Southern California-based company focused on sports and real estate. The sale comes just before the 2024 draft. For more on the new owners and the future of the team, I'm joined by Associated Press sports reporter Annie Peterson and Gabby Rosas, the chair of the Rose City Riveters and the president of the 107ist. That is the overarching fan group for both the Thorns and the men's team, the Portland Timbers. It's great to have both of you back. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to be in person. Yes, likewise. I'm happy to have you uh, right in front of me physically. Um, so Annie, many people in the audience know this backstory inside and out, but it may be new to other listeners. Why did Merritt Paulson announce in late 2022, December of 2022, that he was going to sell the Portland Thorns? So in... 2021, in September, there was an explosive report published by The Athletic, which had allegations against former Portland Thorns coach Paul Riley, leveled by two former Thorns players, Sinead Farrelly and Mana Shim. And the, that, those allegations of sexual misconduct and harassment touched off a greater investigation into misconduct in the NWSL, which was found by Sally Yates, the former U.S. Attorney General, and uh, the NWSL itself to be systematic across the league. It, uh, in early 2023, the NWSL levied fines against some of the teams that were implicated in these investigations and found to have been had improper, you know, dealings with with all of this. And um, Merritt Paulson was fined a million dollars. The story gets, you know, tumbles along, it gets more uh, gets in in, I guess in 2022, let me rewind just a little bit. Merritt uh, dismissed his general manager and other another official in the team, the, a vice president with the team, for their roles in the misconduct scandal and failing to report, et cetera, et cetera. That didn't seem to satisfy a lot of the fan base that was concerned about this misconduct on the behalf of the team. And uh, in on December 1st, 2022, Merritt said he was going to to sell the team. He was still fined in early 2023, the million dollars. Um, flash forward then to uh, last week when he sold the team for an uh, an NWSL record of $63 million. Um, it's actually $62 million because a million of that will go to settle that fine. So as far as the scandal and everything, uh, and the misconduct going on that it's it is now a closed chapter basically of the thorns and the new owners kind of open up a new chapter for the team. 
Gabby, what were you hoping for when Merritt Paulson said he was going to sell the team? And I should say the team singular, just the Thorns, not the Timbers. Um, who did you want um, t- to buy it? Yeah, I think the optimistic side was somebody local, um, somebody with ties to Portland, uh, because the initial reaction is a lot of fear that, okay, your club is up for sale. Who's going to purchase it and relocate it? Is this going to become, you know, another Texas team or another team down in California? <clears throat> and really trying to to figure out who with local ties would, would be purchasing it. And there were a couple of uh, uh, people who were kind of front running and, and trying to to um, be that that local resource. And I, I guess at the end, uh, we did go with somebody for, out of California and, you know, without lo- the, that local tie. But I, I think that was probably going to be the best case was maybe a, a group that was had female leadership um, was driven to keep the thorns here in Portland uh, because that was really part of the roller coaster of emotions is oh does this mean that now this team is going to get relocated so annie the new owners are a, a sister brother duo uh, from southern california lisa bethal mirage and alex bethal what can you tell us about them and and their business so the bethal family um, made their money initially off of swimwear, which is kind of interesting. Um, And then they diversified. They're based in Southern California, but they are tied to Sacramento because they own the Sacramento Kings. They also own the Sacramento G League team there, and they own the Sacramento River Cats Cats minor league baseball team. Um, If you know anything about the NBA, the uh, Sacramento Kings went through a, a terrible period where the team was going to be sold, relocated to Seattle. There was upheaval. Um, There was uh, talk about stadiums and all of the usual things that come in when teams threaten to leave. And the Bethal family was part of a group that stepped in to save the Kings and keep them in downtown, in downtown Sacramento. And, you know, last year, the Kings ended their 16-year drought um, to, and made it to the playoffs. It's a really feel-good story. The The city has really rallied around the teams. There's been a lot of, uh, you know, kind of revitalization of downtown because of that ownership group and and some of the projects that they have decided to implement. And one of the like the, one of the fun things is the light the beam. Uh, the, the they have a beam that shoots into space purple whenever the Kings win. And so it's kind of a rallying cry for the team. It's like, light the beam. Um, and so I think that given that kind of experience, that they'll be good shepherds of Portland. They didn't move the Sacramento Kings when there was clearly an opportunity to do so. Uh, and I think that they will, you know, they're, they're not going to move. They've already vowed that they're not going to take the team from Portland. But I think that those experiences with the Sacramento Kings and also the River Cats have done well, that that will guide them in this franchise. Gabby, what went through your mind when you heard about the new ownership group? Um, f- relief, excitement. 
happy to have this chapter um, of the the roller coaster we've been through since the investigation and and the club's been up for sale. Have that chapter close. I'm really optimistic, um, cautiously optimistic about what is coming. Um, really want to pour some positive energy into the stadium towards the team. Uh, I hope the players are feeling uh, optimistic about this as well. Um, what have you heard of anything from the players? We uh, shockingly haven't heard much, but it's also their off season. Um, so I imagine that they're probably off doing vacation time and stuff like that, not uh, uh, responding to too many emails. As part of this sale, the new owners are going to build a dedicated practice facility for the Thorns, as opposed to uh, practicing where the members of the Timbers practice. How significant is this? It's huge. Um, it's huge for the Thorns. It's huge for Portland. Uh, the Thorns have actually been practicing at Providence Park itself. So on the same surface that they play matches on and same surface that Timbers play and where they host graduation. So it's a, a pitch that sees a lot of wear and tear. Um, and that's been their practice facility more often than not. They will occasionally go out to where the Timbers play in Beaverton uh, and practice at that facility. But having a dedicated facility for the Portland Thorns is is just so clutch and so key. Um, we've seen significant growth in the league over the last few years, and more and more clubs are coming to the league with these types of facilities and these types of amenities, either on the plan or it's already part of their package. Um, Meaning if, if the Thorns didn't get it, they would be at a disadvantage? We've heard that kind of... The, the arms race, uh, I'm thinking about the University of Oregon football team. I mean, the, the Ducks have this sort of Death Star practice facility, and it was seen as a, a recruiting bonus. If you don't have this kind of fancy place with amazing-looking locker rooms, recruits would be less likely to want to go. Is that an issue in the NWSL? Absolutely. I, I think the the teams, it, the, the la- landscape is so competitive in the NWSL that teams need to use all resources to try to recruit the best players. Um, free agency is something that's new that the Players Association worked really hard to, to implement. That's new this year. So now we're seeing players decide where they want to go. Um, and so having facilities like that is going to be really critical uh, to, to attract players, but also retain players. In the last year, we've heard from a lot of players that they do not like practicing at Providence Park. Um, it's hard on their bodies. The The pitch is, is extremely um, just tough from a wear and tear standpoint that they would prefer to be practicing on grass, uh, be practicing at their own facility where they can control the schedule. Um, If we think about Providence Park, there's a lot of activity that happens in that building. And so limiting the schedule for when the team can come in and practice around everything else uh, is is just got to be tiresome. Annie, the team sold for a reported $63 million, as you mentioned, or 62 when you take $1 million away from it. What does that number tell you? What does it say about the, the, where the, the thorns rank right now in terms of, of value, of, of fan base, of just the business side of this league? Well, um, Sportico... The um, a business journal um, uh, had the team's val- the team valued at sixty five million dollars. That's fourth in the NWSL because you have Angel City in Los Angeles, which is doing incredibly well, and the San Diego Wave in San Diego. Um, it tells you that this is a viable, you know, this is a viable enterprise. Women's soccer is a viable enterprise. 
And that number is going to go up exponentially because of the NWSL's new media rights deal, which is going to, you know, it's going to put the games in front of more eyes more often and less barriers. Um, last year, the games were on Paramount Plus, which was great, but it wasn't what they're going to be doing going forward, where there's a collaborative deal between CBS, ESPN, um, all of these other it's it's a huge media rights deal. So I think that that is going to, you know, be jet fuel for the league. We also have um, the Boston, the a new Boston team coming into the league that's just going to get increased. We've got two teams coming in next season, um, the or the Bay Area team and. Um, What's the other one? Utah. Utah. That's right. The new, the new old Utah team. Um, so, so that's going to bring the league to sixteen teams, fifteen teams, fourteen. <clears throat> that that'll be fourteen. Then Boston is going to be 15. fifteen, and then there'll be another one with Boston as well. Yeah, and then and there'll be another one. So, in terms of business, those all of those things make the NWSL an ex- an attractive pro- property. Mm-hmm. Gabby, as I, as I mentioned earlier, and as listeners over the years will probably remember, you're the president of the fan organization that supports both the, the Thorns and the Timbers. These are teams that have been really intricately tied, and, and until very recent, until just last week, with the same ownership. I mean, obviously. Is fandom, is your organization going to change now that there are different owners for these two teams? I don't foresee change needing to happen, uh, given different ownership groups. The The clubs are still going to play um, at the same facility at Providence Park. At least for the next 12 years, right? <laughs> at least as long as the city is okay with that. So uh, I, I think, um, you know, if, if we can continue to to be good stewards of that, of that environment and, and keep uh, the stadium district, you know, live and and hopping and everything uh but i i don't foresee the wild seven as seeing much change um what we're really preparing for right now is new members joining new people coming to to thorns games um we, you think because of the ownership change, people will come out of the woodwork? In droves. Um, I Meaning think, people who left it or people who were just were not interested before because of Merritt Paulson? Uh, probably a, a, mostly column A. Uh, a people little who bit left. Of, yeah. I've heard from so many of my close friends who have not felt comfortable going to the stadium, giving money to an organization that was involved uh, in silencing players and not reporting. Um, instances of, of abuse and coercion, uh, so many of my friends walked away and said, I can't right now. I can't as long as this leadership team is still involved. And in the last week, there's been such a positive outpouring of people calling to renew their tickets and, you know, purchasing those tickets. And, and I, I think it's, it's uh, you know, this is where cautiously optimistic comes back in. Really hope that the new ownership group um, is, is receiving for, uh, of what this community will, will bring to the table, um, will be uh, engaging with the community. Um, that, that's what will help grow this as well. We've seen amazing growth happen after World Cups. Uh, this is an Olympic year. It's going to, you know, women's soccer will be featured in the Olympics. So there will be additional new eyes. Um, I think 
the thorns and the timbers uh, have so much growth still in Portland. Uh, you know, we're not nearly as as popular as the Blazers, and you know, we've got the the U of O football right down the way, and and all those sports. I think there's just so much growth potential that the 107ists, where we're really focused on how do we receive new members, how do we get new members engaged in our community, um, participating in events, engaged with what happens in the North End, um, and and really try to create a, a powerful community that supports these clubs. Um, and, and you know, when the new ownership does reach out and, and wants to get involved, I think we'll still have the same uh, leadership teams that have been engaging with, with uh, the Timbers and Thorns in the past. We'll still have them involved. It's just it might be a little bit different. Um, because it'll be a different set of, of meetings or a different set of conversations being had. Just briefly, the, the 2024 draft is happening on Friday evening. What are you most hoping for from the draft? Uh, chaos. Uh, absolute <laughs> chaos. That's not what you're expecting, but what you're hoping for? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, I'm, I'm hoping that the Thorns uh, can move up on in the, the draft order a little bit. Currently, they their number one pick or their first pick is it, the 11th uh, uh, spot in, in round one. And so um, I imagine that there will be some chaos, some uh, and when the dust gets settled, hopefully we're in the top three. Meaning after a trade. <clears throat> after some trades, yeah, yeah. Um, and we'll be able to, to select, you know, hopefully uh, uh, shore up our defense a bit. Um, I think the Thorns could use some some additional defenders. We did just sign uh, Isabella Ob- Bose, um, a, a new center back uh, yesterday. So so that's exciting. But yeah, we, we have so many openings um, that I, I really hope that A, we move up uh, in, in the draft order a bit and B, that yeah, we, we kind of see the, the fruits of all of the, the labor that hopefully Karina and other people on the, the uh, front office side have been doing this offseason. Gabby Rosas and Annie Peterson, thanks very much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Gabby Rosas is the chair of the Rose City Riveters and the president of the 107ist. Annie Peterson is a sports writer for the AP. So much of what we talk about on this show has to do with what's happening right now. But there's a lot of history behind these conversations. OPB's Salmon Wars podcast will give you insights into some of that history. It tells the story of one Yakima Nation family that's been fighting for salmon in the Columbia River across generations. Find Salmon Wars wherever you listen to podcasts.